From the Mount Sinai Health System in New York City, this is Road to Resilience, a podcast about overcoming adversity. I'm John Earl. Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani are my guests today. They're the husband and wife writing team behind the hit movie The Big Sick, which was based on their real-life courtship. Kumail has also starred as Dinesh on the HBO show Silicon Valley, and later this month he's appearing opposite Issa Rae in a new Netflix movie called The Lovebirds. Emily and Kumail are also the hosts of Staying In with Emily and Kumail. It's a podcast about the ups and downs of being stuck at home during the pandemic. It's funny and thoughtful, and Emily's insights as a former therapist, I think, are part of the show's special sauce. I caught up with Emily and Kumail recently to talk about all the corona feels. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Emily, Kumail, I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for making the time to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us. So on your podcast, you talk about the phases you've been through since coronavirus really hit in force. And I was just wondering if we could start (laughs) by having you kind of take us through the phases and tell me where you are right now. Um, I would say first was... uh, Sheer panic. Sheer panic. It was sort of a spiraling panic. You went sheer panic. I went into stoicism. It's going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Let's not worry. It's going to be okay. Right. Because we sort of switch off. And it's good that we switch off when we don't. That's hard. So I had about 10 days of... (laughs) pretty was it 10 days it felt like a million years (laughs) (laughs) i had about a million years 10 days to a million years of pretty much sheer panic spiraling it was that feeling of like oh god this big thing is coming and i don't think we're ready for it and i don't feel like anybody's expecting it to be as big as i thought it was going to be uh and as most experts thought it was going to be so it was really so just you and the experts were it was me and the experts okay you know yeah that's my band (laughs) kamel and the experts and then i think we had like um there's a a a band of like anger um and frustration um there's the worrying about your parents uh phase that i think we both went through yes yeah and then there's there's Mm -hmm. anger at feeling that the response has been inadequate. Then there's the global phase, which is when you kind of realize literally everyone you've ever met is experiencing this on some level. And I think that's an interesting, a lot of people are saying they're hearing from old boyfriends, old friends. We both have been uh, in conversations with people we hadn't talked to in years, I think partially because we're all thinking about how all of us are affected by this. It's a lot of back and forth. I don't feel like this process exactly. has been predictable That's what in I was any gonna say. way. There's so. no linear thing to this. Yeah, some days I feel really inexplicably hopeful, and then some days I don't, and it changes within the day, too. There's so much anxiety some days, so much fear, so much freaking out, and then some days you're just like, oh, this is not so bad. I could I can bake more, um, which is obviously reductive, but... Uh, yeah, it, it, there is no linear progression. I think similar to grief, the phases, those like stages of grief, they like list them in order, but you kind of go back and forth. You go all over the place. You're never like doing it linearly. Um, one of the themes of your podcast that I find so comforting is that you talk a lot about how it's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to feel anger, you know, at people who are not following the rules or social distancing as they should. <laughs> it's okay to feel grief. It's okay to feel overwhelmed and not be able to do anything. And it's important not to shut yourself down and say, well, other people are doing worse. Therefore, I'm not allowed to feel these things. And so I was wondering if there's a feeling that you've had to make peace with and how you did it. Hmm. Wow. For me, the weirdest thing is, and this speaks to 
perhaps how self-involved I am, but it feels, <laughs> it almost feels personal. I just, it, I'll catch myself. That's so true for you. I, uh, Sorry. Thank you. It just feels like sometimes like where I'm like, why is this happening? And I almost take it as, as like, I don't know, it feels unfair, you know, this sort of feeling that it feels unfair. And I'm like, actually, it's, it's everyone is going through it. And I sometimes will start feeling sorry for myself. And that's the feeling that's been honestly been, been sort of tough to reconcile. Mm. Um, and then just it's it's the other thing I have is feeling anxious and not knowing what it is, even though I do know what it is, but then putting it in different things, you know, that I found that that's been not the most productive thing where um, feeling tension and just putting it in the wrong place when really I think it's healthier for me to know like, okay, this big crazy thing is happening and that's why I'm feeling tension and not because I can't find my Bruce Springsteen shirt. Hmm. That's how I'm kind of feeling too, that I'll find I'll be really anxious about a phone call or a Zoom. And I'm like, my brain knows that I'm not really anxious about that Zoom. I'm anxious about everything. But I think it's almost like my brain is like bored with being anxious with the same thing over and over. <laughs> That's maybe it's like maybe maybe trauma fatigue isn't the right, but it's like, yeah, it's like anxiety boredom. That my anxiety is like, oh come on, this again? We're still worried about this? Still worried about this? Well, well, pandemic? What about this phone call? It's a pretty important phone call. And my brain's like, yeah, 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 you're right. Pretty important phone call. And and right. then I kind of go off on that tangent. Exactly. But after the phone call I realize, nope, it's still just this. And yeah. I, I think that's a little hard to contend with. Yeah, it's like you're describing this like roving ball of anxiety that's just picking things out to yeah. get anxious about. It it needs a it needs a hook to be hung on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I keep on but I keep on hearing the wrong that. hooks all the time. Yeah, yeah, you've been hearing that. Yeah, people are saying like who I'm zooming with would be like, oh, this person in my life is behaving in the strangest way. They're like getting hung up on this little thing that in normal times they wouldn't care about. And I think that gets into compassion. That gets into then okay, so what do you do with that? What do you do with people around you like behaving strangely and in ways that are can be really frustrating? I think we all need to be a little easy with each other now. I think that's a, a big part of it. Like I know that the ways that I respond to things feel completely rational and justified to me. They may look bonkers on the outside, but they've kind of I've that's what I've figured out in my head. And every single person feels that way. Every person feels like, well, this is the best way I have to take care of this. Everybody thinks that they're handling things the best way they can. Some of them are, some of them are not. But I think kind of understanding that like having a bit of like a, a step back and being like, oh, this is an extraordinary time. This person is like, this person is handling things the best they can. Whether or not you point it out to them, that's a completely different thing altogether. I have said to like friends been like, you know, I, it may be that you're just freaked out because there's a global pandemic. You know, like, <laughs> it, that might actually, it might be that, I don't know. It, it could also be like, you don't want to talk to your mom, but also it could be <laughs> that there's a global pandemic. But I think us just being aware that the way that we cope isn't the way that everyone copes and that everyone has their own method that they're, they're working on the best they can. Yeah. How are you dealing with compassion these days? Like, especially compassion for the people who are not taking it seriously, still not wearing masks, still not social distancing, you know. Or actively protesting. Yeah, that too. Um, I find, I'm, I'm struggling with I that. I find it. Yeah. I am struggling with that as well. I know that um, that sort of, that type of anger I know is not constructive for me. I know it's destructive. But 
when I see pictures and videos of people protesting, they're like literally pro-coronavirus protests or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to even <laughs> describe them. I, I find it very challenging, honestly, to even look at those stories because it sort of sets me down a, a bad yeah. path. Emily, how do you? I think I've been trying really hard to think of it as uh, to put to be like, these are people that are frightened. And I think um, that helps me to kind of think of it's weird to say it helps me to think of them being frightened. But and then that's a hard emotion to feel. So they're instead of feeling frightened, they're kind of like, what can I do? What productive thing can I do? And it's a maybe a fault that I have sometimes where I try to empathize with the uh, with people who I disagree with, maybe to a to a too I, much. I would say there are very few people who are too empathetic. And Emily, you might be one of them. The other thing, honey, that you're saying that you have this privilege, which is true. We have a we we are privileged in that we can stay at home. Um, not go out. However, you do. You are in a higher risk yeah, group. So that is true. in that way, you you. you I don't have that much. Of a you choice. have to be way more yeah. careful than than most people. That's true. I actually wanted to ask you about that because I know you've been very public about um, having a chronic illness, and I have a close family member who also has a chronic illness, and he said that it strangely prepared him for this, like. Not leaving the house a lot, being really conscious of his environment, being really conscious of what he eats, and knowing that his body can kind of turn on him at any moment, that he's not in control of his body entirely. And I'm wondering whether you kind of empathize with that or whether you feel the same way. That completely resonates with me. That is exactly how I feel. It's uh, I, I've been not touching my face for years uh, because I have a higher risk of uh, infection from things in the environment. So I, I've had to be careful for a long time. I've had to be a bit germaphobic for a while. And I also have had the experience of my body betraying me and kind of turning on me. And I think that can be a very scary. That's a terrifying thing. It was awful uh, the first time it happened. And it's just something that I've gotten comfortable with. And I think for a lot of people who have not had the wondrous joy of not being seriously ill, this is something that kind of flies in the face of that. Your body right. can betray you. And um, yeah, I, I do feel oddly, I do feel oddly prepared. I, I have felt oddly calm for a lot of it. I have my moments of freaking out, obviously, but I've kind of been calm. I'm used to like when I get sick, I have to stay home sometimes for like a two week period. Um, And Kamal knows this. Kamal's had to kind of hunker down here with me. Um, And we're both kind of anxious people. And I think overall (laughs) anxious people might be overly prepared for this. You know how I feel? What was that movie? Is it The Last Starfighter where he's playing the video game and then when the aliens, like he prepares him to fight aliens? That's how you are. You've been playing the video game. Not that that's a video game. That was also very real. But now that it's this big global thing, you have the practice and the sort of uh, the mental, uh, you're you're ready for it mentally and physically in ways that most people are not. Nobody's ever really ready for it. But I did notice I get an infusion every month and... Um, last month, which was the first month I got one in the pandemic, I noticed the calmest people I'd met were the other patients that were in the infusion room. Like they were the calmest people I'd encountered the entire time. And I just thought, I was like, yeah, that's right. We're all pretty calm because we're all used to like our bodies being like, not today. You're at, nope, this is not happening for you today. Um, and it's been, it's been an odd perk. I, I don't even know if I would call it a perk, but it's been nice to like feel like a little, a boy scout for this. It's by far. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, I don't even want to call it a silver lining because it really isn't because you also are in a higher risk group. Yeah. So. 
it's uh but it's been good for mentally preparing yeah. and, and being and being ready for this yeah right and you've worked from home for a long time right absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, i've got a whole setup i am ready to go for that <laughs> um i want to ask you guys about personal growth and i want to preface this by saying that obviously getting through the day right now is way more than enough uh, and nobody feel, should feel bad if they're not working or if they can't work um, or if they're not getting anything done. But if you do have the headspace to talk about personal growth, I think it's an interesting thing to think about. And I'm wondering if you guys have been able to, and if so, where that's taking you. Ever thought about enrolling in a clinical trial? The Mount Sinai Health System has over 800 active clinical trials, each geared toward developing new medicines and treatments. Visit mountsinai.org slash clinical dash trials to see if you're eligible. Mount Sinai, we find a way. Let's see. I'm kind of not, I'm not super focusing on personal growth. That's not a goal that I've set for myself for this. I think mm-hmm. um, just by nature of uh, being at home with Kumail as much as, I mean, we see each other a lot, but we definitely have been uh, together more than we have been for the most part for like, we're together all the time now. And I think that has um, out of necessity, you end up creating good kind of, we've gotten better at arguing. We've gotten better at kind of relating to each other. We've gotten more honest with like a lot of stuff about our marriage has gotten a lot better. I think just because it's a Malcolm Gladwell, like 10,000 hours situation, like we're we're just in it. And I think that's the part that I'm trying to like, I'm trying to say like, you don't need to do any growth, but it's like, if we're doing something for a long period of time, we can like stagnate, we can go backwards or we can move forwards. The only direction I'm not interested in is moving backwards. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I don't care about the others. I'll do either one. I think people are inevitably going to go through changes right now. Just surviving yep. through this might lead to personal growth, you know. So I would say I am honestly right now only <laughs> just because so much is out of my control. I'm I'm playing to my strengths, you know. I'm not looking to learn to paint or anything. I'm doing what I know I'm good at or what I want to what I want to do. So I'm doing a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. I'm watching movies. I'm exercising. Playing video games. I'm playing video games. I'm sort of really in this period s- trying to stay in my comfort zone, honestly. Mm. Um, I just have so much anxiety that I'm truly just trying to do the things that'll make me feel more confident. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you said a very good point. We're all going to change through this. If you can steer it in one direction or the other, great. But you are going to change through this and that's okay. However you change is going to be okay. Yeah. Here's the other thing that we, you know, I've heard my friend in New York calls it, he said they've been calling it the pause. Um, I've certainly been thinking about it as this like hiatus from life. And then my friend was like, no, this is life too. Mm -hmm. Time is still moving. Mm. This is part of it. And that really changed my thinking because I really had been, I'd been productive. Just get, get your head down, get through this. Right. Yeah. But it's not, it's not about that. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's just it's, adapting. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned, you talked about relationships a second ago, and I think we're kind of in a wave of people really thinking hard about what it means to spend so much time with another person and how to navigate that. Um, what have you guys learned about each other? <laughs> Or about, learned, or about navigating know, being together so, so much. 
No, no, no. Kamel was starting to say something he's learned about me. <laughs> no, well, no, you don't. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just had this weird epiphany when we, we were actually recording the podcast and you were talking about being sick. And I, for me, even though it's it's crazy to uh, to say this, just I was like, oh, there are parts of what that experience was like for you that I will never understand. You know, I'll just never understand. And the other thing is... I've become a little more aware of your coping strategies. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean I always was like, oh, Emily's always got her stuff together. She's always got it together. Yeah, you're, She's you're seeing the man behind the, <laughs> the like little tiny little man bit, behind I'm the I'm seeing <laughs> the effort that goes into having it together. Oh, there's you know? so much effort into this. Well, and and, and I, that's commendable. I'm not saying that in no, a negative way. No, I don't way. think it badly, I, yeah. I always thought, because in our relationship, it's, at, I I have been the one who's been allowed to have breakdowns and stuff. And Emily's always the one who's really put together. And now I'm realizing, oh, that's unfair for many, many reasons. One of, one of them being that Emily um, I forgot has too. anxiety <laughs> and freak outs and she has all these thoughts. She just like has ways to sort of deal with it. And now that it's sort of unrelenting, uh, obviously the effort that she has to put in uh, is a little more than in the past. And so now um, we're switching off more, right? We yeah. actually have this talk where we're like, hey, it's my turn can to I, freak can out. Can I have to freak out now? <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh my okay. God, I can totally relate me, to that. Yeah. Yeah, you just tell me everything's going to be okay. I don't want to hear any questions, any thoughts about like what's going to happen. I just want to hear everything's going to be okay. I want to open it up to tips because... You guys on the podcast offer some tips, but I know you've also been hearing a lot from listeners. And I'm wondering if you could give us three things that you've integrated into your life that you think are really cool and would like to share. Um, I would first? say, I'll say this. For me, my the difference in my mood for the whole day on days when I get up and look at the news immediately and on days where I wait 15, 20 minutes to look at the news is so massive, you know, and, and I'm not saying I can always resist it. Sometimes I get up and I just look right at the news, even though I know what it's going to do to me. Right. That is the single biggest uh, thing that like affects my mood every single day. It's a good one. Uh, I would say uh, a good tip is differentiating, setting up ways to differentiate your day, like arbitrary things to differentiate your day. So for me, it's there's work day versus non work day, having a definite if you're working from home, having a definite start time and end time. And then differentiating your weekends from your weekdays has been really important. Uh, and then making sure you do something to make the weekend special. That's been a big thing for us is right. like, the only time we get takeout is we do a takeout meal over the weekend. That's when we like don't work. That's when we're kind of just hanging out all day, maybe wearing pajamas all day. I think that's a big one. Um, and then I, yesterday, a friend, I, I, I don't drink, but a friend yesterday said, um, wait until 9 p.m. and then decide if you want to drink. I thought that was a very smart hmm. little tip. Like for people, because I know a, a lot of people are finding that they're drinking more, they're kind of consuming more. But her tip was just wait until 9 p.m. If you still want to drink, that means you probably need one. But if you hmm. find you've made it to 9 p.m. without a drink, then that's fine. Yeah. And I don't want to like knock on people's like coping strategies, yeah. whatever it is, certainly not here to judge, but just know that what you're doing, just know whether it's helping you or hurting you. Right. Yeah. So I know people have been saying like, oh, I get up in the morning and I kind of drink all day. Just know 
just be at least aware of whether or not that's doing you harm or if that's actually getting you through, right? I don't know people who, I've heard this argument online, like get up and change versus stay in your pajamas. Again, just know what that's doing for you. Just just do it with intention, I think, either way. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, yeah. do it with intention because usually, as Emily's saying, the day is sort of set up for you, right? You go, you do this, you do this, you do this, and now suddenly we're all left to our own devices. So we just have to have more intentionality and know, um, are if, are you doing something that's going to help you or hurt you? It doesn't you mean that you always make the best choice. In fact, a lot of times you're going to make a bad choice uh, and a choice that isn't great for you, but just being making that choice on purpose rather I, than letting it just happen. Just be okay that yeah. you made a bad choice. Yeah, too. absolutely. Mm. Emily, can you talk a little bit about the wallow? <laughs> the wallow is a thing that i made up for rookie magazine uh, an online magazine for young women that i wrote for years ago and it's the idea of it is if you're a person who is similar to how i have been in many times in my life that you are highly emotional highly anxious kind of fret and freak out um that instead of doing it a little bit all day and fighting it that you instead set aside a period of time in your day to just sit in those awful feelings. Uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however, set, set a timer, but actually set a timer on your phone. And then you just sit and fret. You do nothing else. You don't look at your phone. You don't do anything else. And you sit with those feelings. Um, and I found personally that if I gave those uncomfortable feelings their space and room to like breathe, they would not bother me as much throughout the day. What's also cool about it is like, you'll get to like, you'll be like, I've definitely been doing this for 20 minutes. And you look down, and it's like, oh, four minutes. I've been going four <laughs> minutes. But this idea of like, the idea that you can get tired of feeling anxious is kind of a cool idea to me. So uh, yeah, I, I started implementing the wallow when I was a young woman. And uh, I found that it has come back out. And <laughs> during the weirds, as we call them on our podcast. Um, yeah, it's basically just giving room to your uncomfortable feelings instead of pushing them away, covering them up, or uh, letting them kind of hang out all day long, giving them space to be florid for a little bit. So in our last few minutes, I have two things that I want to talk about. The first are book, movie, TV, or other entertainment recommendations, like your favorite favorite? So we've been watching, of the new stuff, uh, we didn't get to The Mandalorian, so we're watching The Mandalorian. We're oh, it's fun. It's it's fun. And it's like an easy watch, you know? It's like a, a lot of sci-fi gets so heavy. This is like sort of, I don't think it's light sci-fi, but mm -hmm. it's like sort of, it, it's not... It's not taxing. It's it's not emotionally taxing. And you don't have to be a huge Star Wars fan. You don't have to like be a huge Star Wars yeah. fan. I find it a very easy watch. We also have been watching um, old Seinfeld episodes. Mm -hmm. That's been very, very comforting to watch. Again, we both love that show, so that's a good one to watch. And a show called High Maintenance on HBO, mm -hmm. which, which mm -hmm. I'd never seen. Emily had seen some of it. I'd never seen it. And I just find that show, I love it because it's, Truly genius, but it's also a very kind it's warm, show. Yeah. It's it's a calming it's no, kind no show. No marijuana joke, pun intended. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, anything for you? Oh, um, you've been watching um hmm. 
Uh, what shows do you watch on your computer? Well, I, I, yeah, I watch a lot of like your Project Runways, your your RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I highly recommend those. There are old seasons of those available everywhere, and uh, I like watching people make things beautiful, like beautiful things. I actually don't like cooking shows as much, like oh, Kamel does. Oh, I've been watching a lot of cooking shows. Yeah. Right. I get a little jealous of what they're eating, <laughs> and <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, I just want to eat that. So I instead like watching. I like clothing being created. I like people being. I like watching people be creative uh right as a contest so a lot of that for me right so for me i would say it's top chef mm -hmm. and uh not not top chef uh, a chef's table mm -hmm. or ugly delicious mm -hmm. or uh salt fat acid heat like really shows about people who are like artists see i love that but i need a little bit of talking as well i see? need them to gossip <laughs> right. amongst each other no i like <laughs> someone being like oh i've been trying to make this thing for a year and i finally figured it out and you just look at it and you're like wow that that looks great i trust that it tastes pretty good too <laughs> but i really i find that very calming and inspiring so lastly our audience is a general audience but there's obviously lots of um, people in and around healthcare who listen and i was just wondering if you wanted to take this moment to speak directly to that audience go ahead no go ahead honey <laughs> we're both gonna <laughs> I'm already like tearing yeah. up this is terrible uh <laughs> I can't <laughs> really yeah <laughs> okay now um I just it's we're so incredibly thankful and grateful that um we have so many people who are really really on the front lines fighting this thing and uh <laughs> I mean, I couldn't do it. And I just feel incredibly, incredibly grateful that there are such selfless people. Uh, yeah. To that we can trust to get us through this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've um, medical people, medical professionals, doctors, nurses, radiologists have uh, phlebotomists even have literally changed my life. I spend a lot of time with them and, uh, you know, my infusion nurses that I see every month are incredibly important people to my life. And it's such an intimate, intimate relationship that you have with someone. And I can't imagine what it's like to have what you're doing now to be dealing with people that so often have a poor prognosis. And um, we're all going to do our best to take care of you when this is all over. And uh, it's OK. Like, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjani. Their podcast is called Staying In with Emily and Kumail. Road to Resilience is a production of the Mount Sinai Health System in New York City. It's made by Katie Ullman, Nikki Hudson, and me, John Earl. Lucia Lee is our executive producer. Help fight COVID-19 here in New York by donating to Mount Sinai's response fund. Your donations help support frontline clinicians and pioneering researchers. Follow the link in the show notes to find out how, and thank you. I'll also put a link in the show notes to our podcast e-newsletter. Sign up, and we'll keep you in the loop about new episodes. And lastly, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other listeners find us. We'll be back soon with more episodes of Road to Resilience. And until then, stay safe and be well.